0: Okay, so Hannah, I have a confession or a, I don't know, declaration. I like Taco Bell. You turn to the dark side. I have doubled the amount of times I've eaten Taco Bell this year. I've eaten Taco Bell three times this year. So we did not grow up eating Taco Bell. Mm -mm. We didn't really eat. Mexican food that much, but also fast food, Mexican food. Um, I think part of it was like our mom doesn't do spice. What a normal person would not consider really to be spicy, but like in the terms of heartburn, the spices themselves cause issues. I guess I should backtrack and tell you about my Taco Bell experience. Right. So never had Taco Bell. When I was in third grade, I won a... A trip to Taco Bell in a limo. <laughs> Classy. There was this um, selling chocolate at school. And I think my mom bought one thing of chocolate to give to my grandma. And so apparently they had a like raffle. So whoever sold the most chocolate from each grade got to go. And then they had a raffle for anyone in the grade who had, had sold any amount of chocolate. And apparently I just won that raffle. I just like got called down to the office and they were like, congratulations, you're going to Taco Bell. And I was so confused and I didn't understand and I found a a parapro that I knew who was somebody's mom and I was like, can you explain this to me? And she was like, yeah, you've won a, a free trip to Taco Bell in a Hummer limo. So hit the road, my mom came to the school to take pictures of me before we left in front of the Hummer limo. I still have those photos, maybe we'll put that up on the Instagram. I'm sorry. We have a crackhead cat who is uh, is in full crackhead hours and very high energy. So if you hear some cat noises in the background, that's what's going on right now. So anyway, so yeah, I take a hummer. A hummer. A... <laughs> it's still to this date the only time I've ever been in a limo. Was it to go to, to Taco, go to Taco, to Taco Bell, Bell? To go to ta- down the street to go to Taco Bell. It was like a 10 minute drive or less. I had a children's taco, a hard shell taco. I don't really like hard shell tacos, so it was not a a noteworthy experience, mainly just for the limo ride, not for the Taco Bell. The next time I had Taco Bell, I was in, I think, middle school. I went with a friend's family, and I think I got like a frozen Baja Blast or something like that. The last time I had Taco Bell before this year was in college. I went out with my cousin, um, Tara, who was on the podcast and some of her friends and someone who was driving us home from a night out wanted Taco Bell. So I got some sort of cheesy meat wrap at like two in the morning, which it was fine. But then this year, I don't know what happened. I had roommates. I now have one roommate. They love Taco Bell, uh, all about Taco Bell. And the one by us was under construction for a long time. So we didn't go. I went on a work trip and we like had a weird, weird hours. So like we didn't eat dinner until like 9 p.m. and like everything was closed cause it was like a small town. So me and one of my coworkers, we went and just got tacos and burrito wraps and just ate some tacos in a hotel room. And I was like, you know what, this is fine. It's all good. And then we went to Taco Bell, me and my roommate before I was getting groceries and I got like a potato taco delicious and then I got a cheesy gordita crunch and that is a game changer and I came to the conclusion last week when I got Taco Bell for the third time that I like Taco Bell hmm. yeah I'm like the same like I never used to have it growing up I had it a couple times like once with a friend and stuff like that and then I've had it once or twice in college like usually after drinking I mean, when you're drunk, anything tastes I mean, good past taste good. 2 a.m. Yeah. And then I dated someone, I can mention this because they'll never listen to this yeah. podcast, who thought like a date night meant going to Taco Bell, like drive through. And every single time we went out, wanted to get Taco Bell. So then I started to despise Taco Bell because I had to go out every time and get Taco Bell. Then we broke up, and I just, like, never went to Taco Bell again. I mean, fair. But, I mean, I would be willing to give it a, a tr- another try. I know the, like, bean and cheese burrito is supposed to be really good. Yeah, the black bean. Yeah. Yeah. The potato taco. Yeah, I've heard about the potatoes. Is, is it's on, like, the side menu. Like, it's only a dollar. It's very, very good. That's why uh, today we went and got Mexican food at, like, an actual good place. And I looked into my purse to see if I had a pen, and I had... 10 packets of fire sauce in my purse. Because I forgot that we had gotten hot sauce, and I just put them into my purse so we wouldn't forget them in the bag and throw them away. And I don't know. I, like, looked in there, and I started laughing. And I was like, I can't tell you where I have the hot sauce from because I'm going to tell you this story in, like, two hours. But I'm just like Beyonce. I got hot sauce (laughs) in my bag. Swag. I'm sorry. That was... I've, I've, I let Beyonce down with that. You really did. I'm sorry, Beyonce. That was embarrassing. But I ain't sorry. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't think... I think Taco Bell gets, like, a bad rap sometimes, but I know a ton of people who, like, swear by Taco Bell. They love it. It is perfectly fine for what it's offering. It's not offering gourmet, authentic Mexican food. It's offering cheap, fast high food for high people. We, we went through the drive-thru... The car in front of us, they must have been hotboxing or something, because it was I could the weed was coming in through the like the heater. Like it was coming into our vehicle. It was overpowering. And that's great. You know, you got the munchies, go get some Taco Bell. Get that Taco Bell. They got their drive-thru open till like nighttime, you know, like two AM or whatever. I get it. I understand it. You understand it now. Yes. Good. Even though I've never had Taco Bell Well High. I understand it. You can understand why you might want that one. Yes, I can understand it and I, I can respect it. Welcome to Research Rank Repeat. This is co-host Hannah. And this is co-host Alyssa. And we are coming at you with a food episode. But we're not eating anything. Yes, this is the first time we've done a food episode where we haven't done a live taste testing. I think so. Yep. That seems right. So, one of the great true loves of both of our lives is pasta. Pasta. I mean, not only do we love food in general, but pasta has been a staple throughout our entire life. Yeah. We probably ate it once a week as kids. If not more. If not more. Yeah. Still to this day, I still eat it probably once a week, sometimes more than once a week, depending on, you know, how the week's going. I had it today. Yeah. I was going to say- Literally an hour ago. (laughs) I had it yesterday. Yeah. So there's so many different varieties of pasta in the world. We even We were coming up with our list and we completely forgot- We were only focusing on, like, Italian-type pastas. Mm -hmm. Like, we didn't even think about other different cultures and the pastas they have, so... noodles. Yeah, noodles versus pasta debate. We've gotten to that. We figured that out. We were trying to figure out a, a, a good number to go on. I said 20, Hannah said 15, and I said, all right, we're doing 18 then. So, we're ranking 18 pasta shapes and pasta varieties. So... I think the way both of us did it is we are judging the pasta not only on its what dishes it makes, how it tastes, the texture, if it's al dente, we're also looking at the actual physical pasta shape itself. Is it appealing? Is it not appealing? Does it have any cool features that we like to see? What is it made out of? Mm-hmm. We're considering everything. We're taking it into consideration. We're tapping into our not Italian roots because we're not even close <laughs> to being Italian. We are nowhere near being Italian, but that doesn't stop us from loving some pasta. Yes. So I got some history, some background. I mean, you could talk about the history of pasta for several episodes. You can right. you make your own pasta a podcast. We could have a, pod, a podcast where every week we talk about a different pasta. and We make a pasta dish. Oh, my God. Okay. (laughs) Okay. For future Hannah and Alyssa, if we ever get bored of this podcast, that's our next podcast. All right. So pasta is a food and it's typically made from unleavened dough of wheat flour mixed with either water or eggs. So pasta comes primarily from Italy, is where a lot of its roots come from, and Pasta is mainly divided into two categories, either being dried pasta, which is more of like manufactured box pasta you'd find, or fresh pasta, which is either more made at home. You can get fresh pasta in supermarkets, in different like market stores. So there are over 310 varieties and over 1,300 documented names because some pastas go by different names based on what region they're from. Also, like Americanized versions tend to be different names than the Italian versions, vice versa. The first, like, concrete information concerning pasta products in Italy dates from the 13th or 14th century. There are many mentions of similar ideas of pasta from around the first century A.D. Uh, There was writings of, I think, a man named Horace, and he referred to lagana, which was fine sheets of fried dough. So there's, like variations of pasta but the first known i'm I'm getting so distracted by him i know the first known references of it were 13th or 14th century in italy to be fair it is technically his birthday so oh happy birthday and it's halloween so he's hyped up this is what i was like on my birthday. and he's a black cat so you know oh my god he's trying to get out hey mish mish do you want to not wouldn't it be fun if you go and lay down took a nap okay so a lot of food experts, food uh, historians have said that they believe pasta took hold in Italy as a result of extensive Mediterranean trading in the Middle Ages. Okay. So that's kind of how it ended up in Italy. Um, in the 14th and 15th centuries, dried pasta became a lot more common because it was easy to store and like ship across when people traveled. And the first written record of pasta with tomato sauces in it is from a 19 or sorry 1790s cookbook by Frances, Francesco Leonardi. In 1740, the first pasta factory opened and that was in Venice. okay. And then the early 1900s were known as the industry of pasta. Basically that's when the production of pasta ramped up and they had a lot of different methods for how you could store and dry it out to mass produce it essentially. So in 2008, it was estimated that Italians ate over 60 pounds of pasta per year. Like, each person ate 60 pounds. Americans are estimated to eat about 20 pounds per person per year, which I would say I probably eat 20 pounds, if not more, a year. I think so. I I say easily. Yeah. In Italy, the individual consumption of pasta exceeds the average production of wheat for the country. So they actually have to ship in, like, products because they don't have enough for how much people consume there. And then in 2015, the largest producer of dried pastas were Italy, and they produced 3.2 million tons in that year. U.S. followed with 2 million tons, then Turkey with 1.3, Brazil 1.2, and Russia with 1 million tons. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's pasta. Yeah, just a, a nice general overview of pastas. Yes. The other thing we learned today is that all noodles are pasta, but not all pasta are noodles. Yeah, so we're gonna just go through our rankings. I'm going to, yeah, rank, I don't know why I'm going slipping into a summer Yeah, I don't accent, know why, you're right not way. even from the south. I don't know. We're gonna go into our rankings, I'm going to begin. Okay. So, number 18, I have, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Ditalini. Ditalini. Okay. Which is, they're those small little tubes And they're really good with, like, different pasta dishes, pasta salads. So, Mm -hmm. Mom makes this dish. I don't think you've ever had it because it's newer that she's made. Basically, you cook the pasta and then you put it with, like, spinach and grilled chicken and, like, this, like, vinaigrette sauce. Okay. So, it's just, like, it's nice because it's really light, but it could be put in, like, soups, it can be in pasta Mm -hmm. salads, like, it could be a variety of dishes. Um, so my number 18 is couscous. Mm. I think it's interesting because it's a really, really tiny pasta. And a lot of people probably wouldn't think that it's pasta. They probably consider it more rice, but it is pasta. I don't eat couscous too much, which is why it's just on the bottom of this list. But I do like it in some instances. Like, I think it's a good alternative to rice. It kind of reminds me of, like, quinoa a bit. But, like, not yeah. the, the taste is different, but, like, kind of the same similar deal. I liked it enough to make the list. Nice. Uh, number 17, I did fettuccine. I do love fettuccine I like, let's say, no, I'm gonna take that back. I like fettuccine noodles, I don't love them. Okay. And I used to, when I was younger, I used to really like, like, fettuccine alfredo. Mm -hmm. Like, that was one of the pasta dishes I would get. And now I'm not so much a big of, I'm not a big fan of it anymore, but I still think fettuccine, like, has, they're, like, thicker noodles, like, thicker than spaghetti noodles, Mm -hmm. and they hold a little bit more, but I also think they're maybe better for, like, a little bit of... Thicker sauces. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So number 17, I have I have um, Rotelle. I f- completely forgot to look this one up, but it's the one that's shaped like a wheel. It's called wagon wheels a lot in the United States. Rotelle, yes. Rotelle. So this is a pasta. I honestly can't remember the last time I've had it, but it's a pasta. It's shaped like a fucking wheel. It's a, it's a literal wheel of pasta. I was reading that it's good for like thicker things because it can hold a lot of like sauce and things. I don't know. I kind of am blown away that like people just decided, you know what shape we should make pasta a wheel and it's just sold. It's, it's bizarre to me. And because it's bizarre, it had to make my list. Yeah. I actually ended up cutting that right at the end, but Mm -hmm. yes, I agree. Number 16, I have rigatoni. And while I appreciate like the tube shapes because they're really big tube shapes, I don't eat it enough, which is why I couldn't put it higher on my list. But mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of recipes where they basically, like, shove the tubes with, like, tomatoes, mozzarella, and, like, cook it that way. Mm-hmm. So I like how it's, like, a like a long tube. And I appreciate the fact that, like, incorporates things into the noodle. As opposed to just putting stuff on the noodle. Yeah. So my next one is the, it's pronounced conchilia, a Conchilia. Conquilier. Conquillier, which is the seashell pasta. So this is another one I don't really have very often. Really, my main ties are to Velveeta, or like Velveeta mac and cheese, which I personally don't think is very good, to be honest. Just on personal bias, it's fine. But it's seashells. They're soft little cute seashells. They look like little conch shells. Um <laughs> What? I just thought it was nothing. Okay. It's fine. And um, I just think that the fact that just like this is my portion of my list where it's just weird shapes that I personally don't eat very often, but I'm just amazed that like this is a thing that they are like, all right, you know what shape we need to do? Seashell. And just make that into a mac and cheese pasta. Because honestly, I can't think of a single other time I've eaten this seashell pasta than Velveeta mac and cheese, so. Yeah, number 15, the reason I knew how to pronounce it was because I have conquilier. Yeah. And I agree. I think it's, like, one of the coolest-looking pasta shapes. The reason I laughed is because you said you didn't really think the Velveeta, like, the Velveeta and shells is that great. Yeah. I, personally, in college, you could buy these little microwave yeah, cups, yeah. and you would squeeze the Velveeta cheese into oh, it. Oh, yeah. I used to love it, and then I would shit my pants every single time after. <laughs> yeah, the cheese is so thick and <laughs> but, like, whoa. But I love the taste. Okay, I'm um, not a big fan of but it. But yeah, so. I don't eat it enough. I can't put it higher, but I do think it's one of the coolest looking pastas. So number 15, I have orzo. And I like orzo, and it's probably one of my favorite soup pastas. On this list, I think this is my highest rated, like, specifically- soup pasta mm-hmm. i didn't include noki on my list because it turns out the gnocchi pasta is different than the gnocchi dumpling that you would find in like a gnocchi soup so yeah so orzo is the replacement but i don't think it's super like the shape is not anything special it's just kind of like little bead pearly like oblong shapes but they work really well in soup and one of my favorite like turkey soups that my mom makes uh is an orzo turkey soup so on my list yeah 14 I did include the noki pasta. Okay. I don't actually eat it much. And honestly, I don't know if I've ever actually eaten the pasta version. Mm-hmm. But I do again, I like the shape of it. I think the texture seems interesting. And mm-hmm. I think it's cool because it's like seems like a bowler thicker pasta. Yeah. And I've seen people like make homemade gnocchi like from scratch and it just looks like a lot of fun to make too. Yeah. So number 14, I have penny. I have two pastas back-to-back that are very, very similar, penne and another one I'll get to next, but I looked up what the main difference is, and penne it's like an oblong tube with like ridges and the ends are kind of cut at an angle. It's mainly used for sauces and pasta salad. The reason penne is lower for me personally is I actually do eat quite a bit of penne, like it's a if I'm gonna buy a box of dried pasta, it's one of the ones I might go to. But I have a little bit of bias because I one time threw up a bunch of penne in front of Hannah. It's one of those things where you eat something and you throw it up and then you have just like a little bit of bias against. Like I'll still eat penne. There's just that little bias of having to throw up pasta that's really uncomfortable and unpleasant. That's celery for me. Yeah. Love celery, throw it up, never eat it again. I like went through a period where I like didn't get sick or throw up for years and I got I don't know, some bug or food poisoning or something. I was trying to make it from my bedroom to the bathroom and my dad was in the shower, which is upstairs so I had to walk to the downstairs bathroom with a throw bucket in my hands and I didn't make it in time so I just threw up and I just look up and Hannah's just staring at me from her family room like in shock and disgust and I just went, I'm so sorry and then I went to the bathroom to, to continue throwing up. It was horrendous. It was horrific. It was bad. A horror scene. Okay, number 13, I have rotini. They're like the screw-shaped mm-hmm. pasta, basically. And I think it's a classic. It reminds me of pasta you would heat up in the microwave. The bag. Oh, ragu. Ragu. Yeah, ragu was, I think, rotini. I think it, it reminds me yeah. of ragu a bit. I think the, the shape looks cool. I, it's not a pasta I would ever go to the store and buy, though, to make a dish. Mm-hmm. Unless it was, like, specific for that recipe. So then, for number um, thirteen, I did ziti, which is very similar to penne, and it's also similar to rigatoni, which you had on your list. Mm-hmm. So the difference between penne and ziti, I look up ziti is usually stuffed and a baked pasta. Ziti is not a pasta I personally make myself, but when I've gotten really good pasta, I find that ziti is one of the ones I go to, um, like an Italian restaurant. I've got definitely gotten like some baked ziti dishes that have been really, really good. So I prefer ziti to penne. Okay. Yeah. Number 12, I have penne. I think it's good for like saucier pasta sauces, like Mm -hmm. meatier sauces. Yeah. And I think maybe because I don't eat those as much, I can't put it as high because I have used to buy penne a lot when I would do like more of the sauce pasta but now that I do a lot more like lemony like olive oil sauces yeah. I don't find that penne really works a lot with those dishes so I just don't use it as much but I do I do enjoy a good penne pasta. So number 12 I have rotini which is the corkscrew um pasta and I agree I like the shape's really cool It definitely is not a pasta I tend to gravitate towards, but it's really good in pasta salads. And it's like a corkscrew, and that's fun. Somebody was like, hey, corkscrew pasta. Love a good screw. Love a good screw. Love to bang, bang. Where do you bang? Where do you get your bang? (laughs) Okay. Okay. Um, Number 11, I put orzo. This was the only noodle I think I put that's like a specific soup noodle. Mm -hmm. Again, love that turkey soup. That orzo pasta soup is so good. Yeah, it's not a pasta that I would eat if it weren't in soup because I think it can be like almost mushy at times if you don't cook it right. The leftovers of that soup, the pasta gets, like it absorbs so much liquid. Right. Like it becomes more of like a stew the more you eat, like the longer it lasts. It's almost better like as a day of. So number 11, I have ravioli. So this is a weird one for me because I don't really eat ravioli ravioli, ravioli, give me the formula. (laughs) I don't eat a lot of ravioli that much. I think of Chef Boyardee, which we had sometimes, and I don't really get ravioli places, but I just, I can't help but respect the pasta. You know, the fact that you have to like physically fill A sheet of pasta to make it into a ravioli little dumpling thing is it's you know it's a process and i gotta respect it respect the ravioli even though i personally don't eat a lot of it respect number 10 i went a different route but similar i did tortellini okay and i agree with you like i there's something so bold about stuffing a pasta with another ingredient and i'm specifically thinking of like cheese stuffed tortellini is okay can i ask you a question really quick the pasta we get from Costco is that tortellini, those stuffed, we used to get those cheese stuffed pasta. Yes, pa- that was tortellini. I wanted to put tortellini on my list, but I couldn't remember if that was it or yeah. not. Yeah, we but used yes. to buy from Costco these so like tri colored pasta, and they were sh- like stuffed with cheese. Yeah. They were so good. If there's anything I love more than pasta, it's cheese. Yeah. And yeah, so, like, yeah. to be able to have that combination is so good. I also just think, like, it tastes good. It can go well with a lot of different sauces. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't necessarily have to have, like, a tomato sauce. You could do, like, a butter sauce. Like, it just goes well with a lot, too. Yeah, no, I feel bad. Tortellini is my honorary, um, honorable mention because I've, I, like, forgot about it. And when you were describing it, I was like, oh, I was like, I forgot, <laughs> I forgot about those so number 10 I did linguine so there are several similar types of noodles that are like the long stringy type of those ones though I think linguine is probably my least eaten and like least liked of those type of noodles um especially the ones on my list I still like it it's fine I just personally like I don't make it myself or like use like make pasta with linguine and i don't really get it much i understand why it's popular and also because of uh ratatouille shout out linguine linguine okay number nine i have uh farfelli, which is basically the bow tie pasta it's farfalle farfalle sorry that's the american pronunciation yes so I think it's a super cute pasta, which I had not them out any of these pastas. I think it's a good... It's actually good with pasta salad. I've made multiple pasta salads with that noodle. And I think it's just like classic. Like, I feel like when we were kids, we used to have... If we were, like, sick and we were kind of recovering, my mom would always make us that pasta with just, like, butter and par- a little bit of parmesan. And parmesan, yeah. The, the shaker yeah. parmesan. Oh, yes. Like, that not was fresh like, parmesan. That was, yeah. like, your day three meal when you could finally eat again and not feel like you were going to die. So I, it holds yeah. a special place in my heart as well. It, it's got the, uh, the nostalgia. So my number nine, I went with rice noodles. So this is the type of noodle you would typically find in, like, a pad thai. And I like it because it can like absorb sauce really well like it I don't think inherently those noodles have a lot of like flavor to them but you can like enhance a dish by having like the thin like kind of clear-esque noodles that the rice noodles give you and they're kind of like thicker too they got a little bit of a bite they got like an al dente bit going on there and they're like really thin and floppy and we love that We love a nice floppy pasta. Pasta. Noodle. (laughs) I'm just picturing a lip dick. Yep. Okay. Number eight is linguine. I agree with you. I think that in terms of like longer noodles, it's not necessarily one of the ones I would pick. But I will say it's really good with seafood-esque dishes. 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 Dicks. Dicks. Got penis on the mind, though. Yeah. It's really good with seafood dishes. Um, it's kind of like a lighter pasta, and I feel like it's good with, like, lighter sauces. But, yeah, it's not one I would ever really go – I wouldn't go to the store and be like, oh, I'm going to get linguine. But, again, like you said, shout-out to Ratatouille and Linguine because he's an MVP. Yeah. So this one might be a little controversial, but a number eight I have spaghetti. So spaghetti, I think, is the quintessential pasta noodle. Like, if you are thinking of pasta – My mind really goes to like Lady and the Tramp, spaghetti, you slurp the noodle and you kiss in the middle kind of deal. And we grew up eating a lot of spaghetti. I've had tons and tons, pounds of spaghetti in my lifetime, but I find as an adult, I don't really eat spaghetti. I don't really buy spaghetti noodles. I don't really order spaghetti out at restaurants. And so that's why I have to put it kind of lower because I understand and I can acknowledge that it is a a superior noodle, like it is, probably one of the most popular noodles I would say in general but I personally just don't find that I eat it that much anymore all right number seven I went with lasagna noodles they're big noodles they're bold I think what's interesting about lasagna noodles is they're more meant as like a structure to like build a dish around and we didn't like eat lasagna a lot as kids like if we did it would be like the stofers, like the one you buy the Stouffer's has a really good um vegetable lasagna as well not gonna lie, the amount of Stouffer's lasagnas I've eaten in the past couple of years, like, don't sleep on it. Don't sleep on frozen lasagna. They have, like, cheese lasagna. They've got vegetarian lasagna. They got the works. They got, like, meat lovers lasagna. Don't sleep on Stouffer's. Yes. It was funny, actually, that you mentioned that. Every time I used to come and visit a list in the past couple of years, she'd always have a couple boxes of Stouffer's lasagna in her recycle bin. But, anyways, so yeah, it's interesting how it's meant more to be like the structure for dishes. And it, like, I like that it can, like, support a lot of weight. Like, it can hold its own and it just, it's beautiful. So, number seven, I have ramen, ramen noodles. Now, I know a lot of people, when they think of ramen, they just think of a cup of, you know, you have a cup of noodles or you get, like, instant ramen. But what I'm talking about is authentic, good shit. You ever go to a restaurant and get fresh, made ramen, because Hannah, it's an experience. When I learned and was introduced to the greatness that is Ema, one of my favorite restaurants, like, of all time, I was blown away. I was like, this is what ramen is? Because, like, previously, you just put in the little flavored chicken packet, and then you eat that, and that's it. Just noodles. And you die of sodium poisoning. And you die of sodium poisoning. And then it was like, I can have soft-boiled eggs. I can have all sorts of things in there and I got to a point where I've been making my own ramen sometimes we have like a big pot that like works really well for ramen and I, I learned how to make soft boiled eggs I perfected it I add a bunch of random shit now like super spicy flavor pack it's the works I like because I had good ramen I now make myself I've made ramen this year and I, I have to respect that I respect you for that because yep. I have yet to make my own ramen number six I went with macaroni Uh, If you don't have macaroni, you don't have Kraft mac and cheese. And I am not going to apologize to anyone for saying when we were kids, and still to this day, sometimes I prefer Kraft mac and cheese over any sort of homemade mac and cheese. I ate leftover Kraft mac and cheese one hour before this recording. Yes. It's still good. Um, Macaroni is also great for pasta salads. It's also great for school craft projects for children. Uh, You can make a lot of things with macaroni. You can make necklaces. You can make bracelets. It's just, it's great. It's multi-purpose. So number six, I have lasagna. And I thoroughly agree. Growing up, lasagna was one of those foods that you go to a party, like some of your parents' friends or family members, and somebody brings a lasagna, and then you only eat it at parties. I think in our case, pasta parties for cross-country, you know, to sports, things like that. But (laughs) I developed a love for frozen lasagna, And I know that sounds bad. Like I should be eating freshly made lasagna, but nobody got, I don't got time for that. Ain't nobody got time to make (laughs) homemade lasagna. i can going to go to Meijer. I'm going to buy my frozen shit and I'm going to heat it up in the oven for an hour and then eat that for like three days. And you know, in the winter, sometimes that's just what you need. You need a good pasta. And I agree. I think it's, it's just like a sheet. It's not even like a shape technically. It's got like a ruffled edge. It's a sheet of pasta and you build from it. It is the house that feeds us. Truly. Number five, I went with ravioli. So I specifically put it this high because I'm thinking of the most amazing lobster stuffed ravioli that comes from Costco. That was also good as well with a little bit of lemon and a little bit of oil. Yeah, you do like a lemon butter sauce. It's so good. Again, like I got to respect a pasta that's like wants to be stuffed. (laughs) Yeah. You know. I understand that. And, you know, ravioli, like, is one of those where you could do different kinds of things inside. Like, it doesn't have to be just cheese. It can be, like, meat. You can put, like, seafood in there. And so, again, it's just, like, I give props to a pasta that's willing to go above and beyond. So, number five, I have um, udon noodles. It's a thick bitch. Oh, God. (laughs) Like, this noodle is thick. It is like if I was going to describe a noodle with the al dente to the teeth. I think is that what that means in Italian? It's like the bite. I think so. This is the noodle I think of because it's thick. It's a hearty noodle, and also it's with really good food. It's with a cuisine that I like a lot. Um, It's you know a great you know vegetable dish. I've never made my own or like made my own dish with udon noodles, but anytime I've had it somewhere, Chef's Kiss perfection. Yeah, number four, I went with spaghetti. And I think it's such a classic. I think because we ate it so much as kids, and I, we, I still eat a lot of spaghetti dishes to this day. Um, I've been making, like, a vegan pasta, and you can use, like, uh, spaghetti squash, but sometimes I'll just substitute in the spaghetti. It's so diverse because you can do so many different things with spaghetti. You can do a lot of different toppings on it, and I feel like it's one of those pastas that can hold its own, and that would, like, work with a lot of different varieties of sauces, ingredients, everything like that. So, number four, I have fettuccine. And of the, like, the long, limp pastas, I think fettuccine is the best as an adult. I, I think fettuccine Alfredo, it's a classic. I don't get it that often, but every once in a while, I get a little hankering, and it sounds just right, and it, like, hits the spot. Like, it's a good, hearty pasta, and it works really well with sauces and it's you know clearly it's not gonna hold shit because it's it's limp it's a limp dick but just right for the sauce yes so number three i went with egg noodles uh which does include like lo mein which i love lo mein also one of my favorite dishes still to this day is a campbell's chicken casserole it's like four ingredients it's amazing that uses egg noodles they can be different varieties, but the ones that we use for, like, the chicken casserole, they're, like, these wide egg noodles, so they're more, like, pillowy, like, mm-hmm. they kind of spread out, and then whereas, like, opposed to Low mein, where it's more of, like, a thinner noodle. But, yeah, there's just a lot of variety you can do with egg noodles. I also love how they have that, like, yellow color, that more yellow color because of the egg in it, and it's just all around great. So, number three, I have farfalle, which is also known as butterfly or bow tie pasta, I don't know what it is about this pasta. I think you nailed it when you said it was like the sick food recovery. Like that was always the staple. You need some butter noodles. You add some like powdered Parmesan cheese and you feel better. I feel like of all the pastas, I buy this one the most. This is the pasta I generally always have on hand and I go through it pretty often and I and it works with just like, if I'm just gonna make my own pasta, sometimes I'll just throw in like, either do like a pesto or, you know, maybe like a red sauce or maybe just an oil, like a lemon oil kind of thing. And it works with like, whatever I wanna throw in. I wanna throw in some mushrooms, I wanna throw in some onions, some spinach, whatever. Like it, it will get the job done. And it's just fun to eat because it looks like a cute little bow tie. Did ta bow tie? As uh, Jack Black would say in the great classic School of Rock, and I just think that it is a fun shape and a really well-respected pasta. I spec the hell out of it. I'll shove it in my mouth all day, any day. Yum. Yeah. Number two, I went with cavatappi. I think this is the pasta that got me through college. I spent my a lot of my senior year eating pasta dishes because it's cheap, because it's easy to make, and you can make a large amount of it. So for people who don't know, the cavatappi is basically like a long spiral noodle and it's actually really good like in mac and cheese dishes I know some like mac and cheese dishes use it it can hold sauce really well and I used to just like boil a ton of it and like do a bunch of vegetables and do like a lemon garlicky sauce and just make a ton of it and it's just it holds a nostalgic special place in my heart for getting me through those rough college years yes So number two, I have egg noodles and I agree with everything you said. I, every once in a while, will make my own lo mein and that has the thinner egg noodles and I love it and it's one of my favorite dishes to make because I can make it really well and we've altered and changed the Mm -hmm. recipe to kind of fit the first time I made it. You didn't tell me that I should only use two bundles instead of the three that comes with the package and I had so much noodle to vegetable ratio was so off. Screw the pooch on that one. But you know what? We rebounded. I learned, I've added and changed some things. Um, and also the thick egg noodles from the chicken casserole. Mm-hmm. It was one of our staple dishes we had growing up. Hold, holds a special place, a nostalgic place in my heart. I still make it like once a month. Yeah. i say the last time I think I had it is because you had made it and there were leftovers. And I was like, I'm in heaven. I think it's just like a really, really good noodle. And I had it a lot as a child. I still have it in different varieties as an adult. So respect is there. Yeah, number one's udon. I love udon noodles. Like Alyssa said, it's it's thick. It's It holds sauce so well. It absorbs the sauces almost, but in a way where it doesn't get... It doesn't affect the pasta because it absorbed the sauce. It's just amazing. A lot of my favorite dishes I order are udon noodles. And I, I it's weird because I never was a big udon... I never would order udon noodles until a couple years ago, and now it's, like, one of my favorite dishes to order. Like, it, it goes well with vegetables, it goes well with chicken, like, it's just 10 out of 10 in every aspect. I'll mark all the boxes 10 out of 10. My number one, hands down, no question, I knew this. I knew this before we even started, macaroni. There is no way I couldn't put macaroni as number one. I fucking ate macaroni and cheese today. Today, I still make Kraft mac and cheese, and I'm a 26-year-old adult. I've made it three times in the past two to three months. And the thing is, you can go and you can get really good mac and cheese. There's this place called Vincetta's Garage. They have fucking bomb mac and cheese. The noodle looks kind of like a phone which I always, that was my head canon as a child. I was like, they look like little phones. You know, it's like a little elbow, you know? get the little crook, it's a little U shape. The pasta's fun. It allows, like, it's cheese. Sure, macaroni pasta salad is good, but like, it's all, it's about the cheese. Mac and cheese, macaroni and cheese is like, still one of my favorite pasta dishes in general. I don't get it that often because it usually ends up being super fucking rich and I can't eat it all in one go. But every once in a while, when I'm out out on the town, prowling around <laughs> looking for some food to eat, sometimes a thick bowl of just thick-ass cheese and mac and cheese just hits the spot. And you can, you can make whatever you fucking want. You can make pulled pork mac and cheese, barbecue mac and cheese. You can do shrimp mac and cheese. You can do chicken bacon, breadcrumb mac and cheese. You can have box mac and cheese. You can have Easy Mac. We lived off of Easy Mac for years. In college, that was my mac and cheese. And also growing up, when we weren't trusted enough to cook ourselves, we had to, we had to scrape together and heat up little containers of, of pasta water and cheese. And we, we thrived on it and we lived off of it. It fueled our brain cells and propelled us into adulthood. You haven't even mentioned Boston Market mac and cheese. Oh my god, don't even get me started on Boston Market mac and cheese. Crockpot mac and cheese, Hannah. The amount of mac and cheeses in my life is endless. There's so many different types, so many different varieties. It is a staple. It is a classic staple. It brings together all the things that I love. Fat, cheese, and bread. And like a grain. And it brings them together. Makes my life happy. And I... Don't think I've ever had a bad mac and cheese. I have. I've had like subpar mac and cheese, but I've never like been like this is bad. Yeah, that's fair. I guess yeah, I guess it's like I always feel like I'm expecting a lot with mac and cheese. I guess that's fair. Sometimes yeah. it feels like it fails when it's not as good, but yeah, for the most part all mac and cheese tends to be pretty decent. Also shout out to the the Shapes mac and cheese. I know mm. it's not technically a macaroni, but Special place at my heart as well. It tastes different. Spongebob. Spongebob and mac and cheese. It tastes different. Just like the Campbell soup yeah. shapes tasted different than the new. They noodles. do taste different. But um so in my mind, hands down macaroni is, is the front runner. It's my spaghetti. Mom's spaghetti. Knees weak, arms are heavy. Limp dick at the ready. <laughs> okay. That's enough talking. All right. Okay. We went we went off the rails. It's not even midnight yet. Okay, let's. I'm gonna run through my pasta. Yes, real quick. let's do it. Number 18, I had Ditali. No, I said that wrong. <laughs> Ditalini. 17 fettuccine, rigatoni, conchiglie, gnocchi, rotini, penne, orzo, tortellini, far, farfalle. Hey. A. L- Linguini, lasagna, macaroni, ravioli, spaghetti, egg noodle, cavatappi udon and I have um couscous rotelle um conchilie orzo penne ziti rotini ravioli linguini, rice noodles spaghetti ramen lasagna udon fettuccine farfalle egg noodle and macaroni is number one I would like for everyone to go out and make themselves a nice pasta dish yeah pasta is a great staple there's so many different ways you can do it cold hot fresh dry there are i think pasta is one of the most versatile food groups just the the sheer amount of different i mean there's hundreds of pasta types and then also the everything you can make with it there's uh different cuisines from different like ethnicities and different countries and it just transcends like cultural backgrounds i think that's really cool yes Love pasta. Love it. Love pasta. Love to- I love to fill my mouth with pasta. Like, it's- Not that limp dick pasta. No. Want a nice, sturdy, strong boy like that udon. Oh, yes. Nice and thick. (laughs) If you would like to tell us your favorite pasta- Please do. You can let us know. We would love to hear it. Maybe there's a pasta that we completely missed. I mean, there were several on my- that I was, like, considering for my list, and then I didn't put it on there, Yeah. But yeah, we have our email, we have our Instagram, our Twitter- and uh we we uh <laughs> what oh hold on Next week we are doing a we're revisiting our childhood It's going to be very <laughs> I can't. What, what are you trying to I'd say? I'm trying to go with a pun it's not a pun okay <laughs> We're coming to America <laughs> We revisit our childhood next week. Yeah, we're going to revisit our childhood. It's going to be a great time. Um, We definitely didn't record it before this one, so I wonder what insightful things we'll say about the American spirit next week. You'll have to listen to find out. Bye! That's the first time we've done a bye at the same time. I know. We would like to thank Joseph McDade for our intro music. He provides free music available for all kinds of creative use. The song that we used is called Sunrise Expedition, and you can find it and his other music on his website, josephmcdade.com. If you would like to reach us, you can email us at r3podcasts at gmail.com. That's R, the number three, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Instagram by searching Research Rank Repeat.